Episode 184 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the British dancer, teacher, choreographer and director of classical ballet, Dame Ninette de Valois. Born in Ireland in 1898 with the name Edris Stanus, she danced professionally with Serge Diaghilev's Ballet Russe and later founded the Royal Ballet and the Royal Ballet School and the touring company which became the Birmingham Royal Ballet. Widely regarded as one of the most influential figures in the history of ballet and as the godmother of English and Irish ballet, Dame Ninette died in 2001 at the age of 102. My interview with her took place at her home in southwest London in 1993, shortly before her 95th birthday, in celebration of which the Royal Ballet were reviving her 1937 production of her one-act ballet, Checkmate. The Royal Ballet are putting on your production of Checkmate. That's right. How do you feel about that? Well, one... It's always rather full of doubts, the revivals of ballet. It's well over, now it's over 50 years. And uh, I hope it'll be all right. It won't be the Royal Ballet's fault if it isn't. You know, what time will have ironed out, plus its own natural, original mistakes and things. The choreographers never seem to get quite right. How do you feel about that particular production, Checkmate? Oh, I think it's a, a fine score, very good subject, very well worked up. If it isn't a success, it's no one's fault but the choreographers. How much participation do you have in the Royal Ballet these days? Nothing, really. I go to the performances, and I'm on certain committees and things. But uh, there comes a time when you really must allow the next generation to say what they think about everything, stop telling them what to do. So I've given that one up. <laughs> I find it very hard to believe that you don't have any participation at all because you've worked so very hard for them over the years. Do you find it hard not to? Oh, no, and I'm very good pals with them all and friends. And if I, I, I saw anything I thought was going the wrong way, I'd tell them quietly. And they'd either give me a jolly good reason for going that way or they'd go home and do a bit of thinking. They're very sweet, all of them, very good terms with all of them. But is it quite difficult sitting there in the audience and watching and, and not being a bit frustrated with things that you can see going wrong? I have seen people who get like that, and one thing I made up my mind was I wouldn't let myself. I think it's absolutely awful. You've got to allow each generation to express itself, and as you are responsible for the present generation, the more you shut up, the better, and let them get on with it. How do you feel about the present generation of the Royal Ballet? I think they're doing a very good job. We've got some very fine dancers rather more talent, uh, widespread talent and heavy talent than we had some years ago, frankly. Uh, great stars, people like Fontaine and Markova, turn up about four in every century and it's got nothing to do with the standard of the national dancing. It's just some odd individual thing that happens. Nothing to do with standards. The names on everybody's lips at the moment are Darcy Bustle and Viviana Durante. How do they compare with the stars of your day? Uh, I, I can't answer questions like that. It's too difficult for me. For one, I don't think I should. Secondly, 
I'm as natural as everybody else about what I like and what I don't like, but I do have to shut up about it. It's, it's not for me to tell the audience what I... I give, used to give them what they wanted, and they still do, what we think they ought to have. Whether they like it or not is a different matter. We, we've got to set up certain standards. Whether the audience likes it or not, that's up to them. Whether we've made a mistake, that's up to us. But it's a question one can't really answer. You've got to let time answer it for you. I think the Royal Band is in a very healthy state at the moment. It's got a lot of fine young artists in both companies and um, it's doing a very big, good job still. And what more can it do? The audience and everyone gets used to it and the critics uh, must sit down and put it to pieces for that's what they're there for, frankly, as much as anything. They're there to give us a sort of whip every now and then and sometimes the whip is quite unnecessary, at other times it's very necessary. Well, that's life. OK, comparisons aside, how do you rate those two girls, uh, Bustle and Durante? What do you think of them uh, as dancers these days? Well, they're, they're principal dancers. They are stars. They belong to this generation. They've come out in this generation. And uh, we're very proud of them, understandably. And the world accepts them. What more have you got to worry about, as far as those two are concerned? Do you know them? Do you, do you uh, keep an eye on I didn't know them all, of course, very well through school. I mean, they were all at the school and so on. But now I'm, I'm rather out of the picture. I go along and see the performances. And I think the wonder, worry, the younger generation was your presence all the time in special sort of line of conversation going on. It's terribly boring for them. I don't believe in it. Do you worry about the pressure on the young dancers today? Would you say they're under more pressure now? No, no more than we were. I mean, the old days were just as hard as today. In fact, I think it's rather less. The companies are much bigger. And uh, they don't put on anything like as many productions because they don't have got to. We've got such a huge repertoire. We can always do certain revivals. But at one time, there's a question of something like three new ballets a year. We don't have to indulge in that now. Mm. Now, how do you feel the Royal Ballet has progressed in comparison to how you expected it to when you first helped found it all those years ago? It's done exactly what I wanted it to do. It's become an established, recognised national ballet company in Europe. What more can we expect? We're very lucky because we've started very late. We're about 150 years younger than most of the state ballet companies in in this continent. And I don't think our position is exactly a bad one considering that. What sort of a vision did you have, though, when you first helped set up the first the Sadler's Wells and then the Royal Ballet? Exactly what's happened. And that's a lovely thing to be able to boast about. It is a recognised national ballet. Got two companies. Well, Moscow, Russia's got two companies. Nearly all the big companies in Europe have offsprings like we have. And uh, it's gone according to plan. There's nothing original about it. It's just got into the proper flow that it should get into in this continent, where they've had state ballets for about 150 to 200 years. We've had one for, I think it's 50, isn't it? Something like that. That's all. We're much younger than the others, but it doesn't matter. We seem to be all right. Do you consider yourself something of a pioneer as far as your setting up of these ballet companies is concerned? Well, pioneers are all a pompous word, I think. I mean, it's all there for you to pick up and learn and give to your own country. I didn't invent the ballet. I didn't invent dancing. I just saw that lots of other places had uh, state ballet companies. We went to all those countries naturally for help and 
well, progress in that direction. Pioneers are on a pompous world. I mean, I think it should only be concerned with on an island you find in the middle of some ocean. <laughs> I don't think it was quite as bad as that. The English, English have always been interested in Valley, and the Russians have been with us for God knows now about well over 60 years regularly, and they always look forward to their visits in London more than almost anyone else. Mm. Nonetheless, you seem to have had an extraordinary vision, which was quite unique in those days. Um... I don't know about being a vision. I could see it in every other country. It was an ambition, shall we say. Hmm. But where did the ambition come from? What made you want to set up? Well, I danced, and I enjoyed dancing. But I didn't care for musical comedies and reviews and things. And then I did get into Diaglyph Russian Ballet, and that finished me. I made up my mind, whatever happened, we were going to have a national ballet. Because I was so impressed with all the dancers coming out of Russia at the time of the revolution and joining this company, and I had the privilege and honour of working with them. And it may begin to understand what was meant by a state ballet. Do you regret not being known better as a dancer, and, and, and perhaps you're better known as, as a founder of the Royal Ballet and so on? Oh, I'm much more interested in choreography and production of ballet than I am in dancing. Oh, yes, and it doesn't, to me, there was no comparison. And it was quite obvious what, what way I was meant to go, I think. Were you satisfied with your career as a dancer? Do you rate yourself as a dancer? No, I don't rate myself as a great dancer. No, I was a soloist in the Diagler Company, and I had a, a good bit of um, physical trouble, unknown to anyone. I'd been hit by infantile paralysis as a child on one side, so I was pretty, pretty ill towards the end, only in a way to do with spine and things like that. Oh, no, I obviously had a career in the ballet world marked out for me, and it was very important, understandably, that I danced a lot before, because you must have experience. Did you never tell anyone about that illness you had then? I think they all know there was something wrong with me, because I had to stop. Mm. What about technically? Do you think you were a good dancer technically? Uh, Well, technically, this was a drawback to me. I have an awful feeling that if I hadn't had the paralysis, the Royal Valley may have started much later. But I had to do something with myself, you see. I knew I couldn't go on dancing, and this was much more interesting to me than what I was doing. What made you want to become a dancer in the first place? I think with all girls, it's always the mother, not the child. <laughs> they, they suddenly discover they'd like the daughter. My mother was determined for me to be a dancer, much more determined than I was. Was your mother a dancer herself? No, no. She had nothing to do with it. What sort of a family did you come from? Country family. Lived in Ireland. So was the dancing a bit of a fantasy for your mother, would you say? Well, it was fantasy to me. I mean, it was a fa- we, were, we were not in the theatre world. We were what you might call amateur. A family right outside all that. What are your earliest memories of getting into the dance world? Oh, just the usual way of a child going to a weekly class and somebody saying that one's got talent, you know. Did you think you had talent? I didn't think much about it at all at the very beginning. In fact, you just dance and people pick you out and start to make a fuss about you. Was it more common then, would you say, to go into dance as a young girl than it is now? Uh, It's much more common now. Much more. To be a professional dancer, my, my generation was... Not always approved of, even. Mm. Now it's just a profession. Fine. Why wasn't it approved of? 
Well, the theatre wasn't, Judy. The world was divided. There was a theatre world and there was the ordinary world that went to see the theatre, but they didn't have anything like the, in the uh, contact with them they have today. Now it's wonderful, I think. Mm. Do you remember your first ever production in front of an audience? The first production I danced in, do you mean? Yeah. No, I don't really. I was, it crept in gradually, you know. Mm. But was it as much of a fantasy world as one imagines? Was it as, as magical and exciting as well, a when young... When I started professionally, it was anything but magical. I was in a children's dance company that toured England just before the First World War. We were called the Wonder Children. And it was very hard work. What sort of a training did you have? Was it very rigorous? Oh, just a, it was a professional school for children, young people. There's always been a lot of criticism that young children who go in at a very early age to ballet training and so on miss out on a normal life. How would you say that was in your no, case? I don't think so, because now, you see, you can send them to good boarding schools and things. No, it was a little like that when I was young, but it's not true now. There's a, these excellent schools all everywhere, and where we just accept education has to go on the same way as they accept it in Europe everywhere. It was only because we were such amateurs. We thought everything had to be dropped if you took it up. Now it's just a part of your education. Would you say it was worth all the, the rigour and the, and the training and so on? Or did you at any stage um, think you might drop out? Oh, yes, I think it definitely is. I think so. Look, you didn't have things like the White Lodge in those days, did they? So there wasn't oh, no. that kind of... Oh, no, there were no boarding schools. There's some excellent boarding schools now all over the country that where they take the training of dancing in the same way as they would take the preparation for being a musician. Do you ever consider what you might have done had you not gone into dancing? Oh, I think my real ambition when I was very young was to act. I'd love to have been an actress. Do you still have little regrets about that now? No, I don't think so. I kept too busy in the other direction to think. <laughs> but to a certain extent, there's a, there's a good deal of acting required in dance, isn't it? Do you think you satisfied yourself in that respect through the dance? Oh, yes, because it's a different approach. You've just got to have the talent. I, I, you don't have to learn to be an actress to be able to interpret character roles as a dancer. Who inspired you as a dancer? Was there anyone in particular? Pavlova. My generation was devoted to Pavlova. And I just wonder if I'd ever taken it up if I hadn't seen her dance. When was the first occasion that you saw her dance and that really inspired you? Well, I was about ten years old. And, of course, as I got older, it became much more pastime for me. And what was it about Pavlova that really took your imagination? Uh, everything. She was... I used to... I, I and Sir Frederick Ashton, who was, of course equally dedicated to her. We used to sometimes have a talk and say, there'll never be anyone like her, and you can't explain what it is. Did you become quite friendly with her at any stage? No, I was much too young. I never got to know her. And by the time I was old enough, I mean, she was just on retirement. Did you ever meet her, though, and get her autograph or anything like that? I don't think so. I had met, I had met her, yes, but I, I didn't have anything like that, no. Does it seem strange now that you're held in the same sort of esteem as her? It's not true. <laughs> Papa is, to me, one of the most unique things that happened, and I'm not one of the most unique things that happened. So let's leave her on her solitary pedestal, because we all know what the whole of the valley world knows what they owe to their marvellous personality. Has there been anyone to compare with Pavlova since, do you think? 
No, I don't think so. She's got something... I mean, I'm not going to say that there aren't people who can't, don't even dance a great deal better than she did through the last hundred years or so. But um, she had a unique personality. She was, she was unique. She wasn't a great technician or anything. Now, certainly in the last 12 months, the ballet world has experienced some great losses with Margot Fontaine, Rudolf Nureyev and oh, Kenneth McMillan. It's very sad what we have lost, and they're all of a generation that's a little bit too young to have left us so soon. Can you talk about each one? Could we talk about Margot Fontaine, for instance, what her legacy is to ballet, would you say? Wonderful. Something quite unique. What sort of a person was she? Lovely character. Didn't know the meaning of vanity. She had a wonderful natural humility, was always prepared to learn and work hard. It was a lovely character. And Rudolf Nureyev, how much of a loss will he be to the world of dance? Well, of course, he, we have lost him, and uh, I think he'd given us everything he could have given us, and he certainly was a great inspiration to all the male dancers of uh, his generation, and he was a very serious, hard-working young man, great admiration. He'd never saved himself, he worked like, and was very, very critical of his own performances. Do you think it was very important for someone like Nureyev to reach superstar status to help the male dancers because there's always been this stigma about men going into dance? Yes. I mean, people like that, just like Pavlova with the women, they, they, they're wonderful to the coming-up generation and to lots of people who hadn't made their minds up before they saw them. Oh, yes, Nureyev did a frightful lot for this male generation. Do you think there's still a stigma to men going into dance, or do you think that's passed by now? Absolutely dead. Mm. There isn't anyone who makes any fuss at all about a, a man becoming a dancer anymore, making a fuss in becoming an acrobat or a, an athlete. I think, frankly, healthily, it's got into that stream for the men. Which you going to be, a ballet dancer, athlete, or... A, it doesn't put ball anything. Oh, no, it's accepted, and families now accept it. Fathers accept it and everything. It's wonderful. Now, as I say, we've also lost Kenneth Macmillan recently. How, how did you rate him as a choreographer? Very, very highly. He, was, he would leave a big legacy that's not going to die. And how do you rate him in, in the sort of history of choreography, as it were. I mean, is he one of the greatest ever? Oh, yes. He's one of the, obviously one of the, the big ones of this last 50 years, and that's that. Is it possible for you to say what your favourite ballet is? Yes, it is not possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to be honest, and if I did, I wouldn't dare tell you. Really? <laughs> not well, really, no. I don't think you should. I mean... And anyway, it's such a silly thing to try and do because you have to take every type of dancer of a ballet if you do that. And you can't compare one style of ballet with another and say that's better because they don't belong to each other. No, it's a question one can't answer. Uh, you can say, I think, are you more interested in modern ballet than the classical ballets? That's a rather different matter. Are you? I think I'm on the whole... Mm little more interested because I like to see things go on. I know the tremendous importance of the classical band. I absolutely adore them and wouldn't miss them for anything. But I would get very disturbed if there was any real stillness in the production of modern works. What would you say is the key to choreography as far as you're concerned? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer because a choreographer can have all sorts of different 
well, abilities. He may be extremely musical, which gives a touch to his work somebody else hasn't got. He may have great facility for invention of movement, which somebody else may not have. It's impossible. You can't read. But I do think, myself, I do think a choreographer should be musical. It ever happens. Did you have any secrets as a choreographer which you've passed on to other members of the Royal Ballet? No. Nobody has those sort of secrets. You either do something well or you don't. doesn't matter who you are. It's the same fate for all of us. Like writing a book. But what advice do you give to young dancers today? Because I know a lot of them meet you at various functions and things. And... No, I don't give advice. I don't think it's... You're out of the picture and you don't know what their problems are. They know also what the public wants far better than you do. No, I leave them, leave them to get on with it and just go and see whether I like it or not or whether they're adding anything to the history of it, which, of course, is saying they won't really know. It's those that see them know that. What would you say singles out some dancers rather than others? What do you, is it motivation? Is it just genuine natural talent? Well, I think one of the most important things is musicality. I mean, naturally, you must have talent. Otherwise, you can't... Well, you can't execute anything. But I do think musicality is one of the foremost things both dancers and choreographers must have. What do you think gave you musicality? You can't be given it, you just have it. (laughs) And no one can give it to you, unfortunately. (laughs) There must have been many, many highlights in your career. Can you name any of them particularly that stand out? Not particularly, no. They were all important. My time with the Diaglifer Russian Ballet was very important for the development of English Ballet afterwards, and you can go on like that and use up everything in the end. But there was no one production particularly which stood out in your career? I don't think so, really, you know. I wouldn't say that. I've loved them all, because they're all different. They all fall into different categories, and it was my business to be interested in them for the development of their particular category, not for my taste. I imagine that you are the sort of person that's never quite satisfied with the work you've done, even though you've done an enormous amount. Is that the case? Oh, no. No one's satisfied with what they've done. Otherwise, it would die while you were still there. This unsatisfied side of you is what carries on. It's a rhythm, and somebody else takes it on and finishes for you. Could you possibly say what areas you would like to have worked more in, perhaps? Choreography. I didn't have the time. Basically, you ended your directorship of uh, the Royal Ballet about 30 years ago, wasn't it? Do you think that you sort of retired at the right time, or you could have gone... Oh, yes, of course I retired at the right time. It's awful to go on too long over your period. Mm. But you've remained incredibly fit and healthy over the years. What is your secret to...? Haven't got one. It just happens. (laughs) Do you think it's through being in the dance world, having been extremely well-trained and...? Well, no, some of them are extremely delicate. I mean, they have quite short lives, some of them. It, 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 it's how you're made. And if it suits you, it's a very healthy pastime. And if you're not healthy, not strong, it's a very bad pastime. Well, we hear a lot about young dancers, particularly young girls, having problems with eating difficulties and things like that. Do you worry about those kind of pressures on them? Um, eating difficulties? don't quite know what you mean. Well, some, some of the young dancers we hear about getting anorexic and so on. Well, they get it rather hysterical, some of the young ones, and overdo the uh, feeding business. You don't want to diet. You want to, to have a careful selection of food and then have as much of it as you want. 
It's very, very bad for these young dancers to go in for violent diets and things. They just break their health up all of them. It worries me very much. It's the approach, and that's up to the teachers to see it's correct. Do a lot of things worry about today's world, especially with the no. young dancers? No, there's nothing worries me. It's going on very smoothly and very well. There are certain times when it's better than others. We don't have to worry about that. We leave that to the critics. We have a lovely time. <laughs> and what sort of a time do you have these days? What sort of things do you do outside in your life these days? How do you fill your time? I don't do anything much now. I'm a great reader. And I, I go to the ballet, of course, quite regularly, but otherwise I have a fairly quiet life. Is that the way you wanted it to be, always? Well, I think considering my age now, I'm 95 in June, it's just as well to be a little quiet. Is it fun? Do you have an, a nice life? Uh, yes, I, I enjoy everything. Uh, I have a very good memory, so it goes back a long way in everything that's happened. And I love watching the future through the school and everything. Yes. Do you have a lot of uh, souvenirs and memories from your career, particularly mementos, I mean? Well, I'm not a collector of things. People are rather annoyed with me because um, I don't keep everything in a very precious state. And if it's really worthwhile, I like to give it to the dance museums. I think they should, they're the people that should have it because if we have it privately, it simply lands eventually in somebody's house who's not in the least bit interested. No, I'm rather... I'm not sentimental about things like that. I think people, the, the proper museums and things should have our treasures. There must be something, though, which you particularly treasure of the things you have from your career. Oh, there are quite a lot of things I treasure, but I, I can't single them out. I don't never know offhand. Now, presumably, you're still in demand from all over the world to make appearances and, and, and for tributes and I things like that. I had some very interesting requests to open this, close that, or... <laughs> do something like that, which I enjoy. It's quite amusing, as long as it's not too long a journey. But do you cut down on those now? Are you more selective about what you choose? Um, I don't really know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been paid a lot of tributes in your time. You've won a lot of awards and so on. Are there some which mean more than others? Any particular tribute or award? Oh, no, I would never say that. I mean, everything that's given me, I treasure, because it's come from the heart of some part of the world. They're all, to me, of tremendous importance. I'm very honoured to have them all. What about being honoured as a dame? How did that feel? Well, that was wonderful. No, no, I, I accept them all in the same mood of thanks and gratitude and pride. But to me, they're all the same quality. Now, you were born in Ireland but brought up in England, and yet you have this sort of French name, as it were. How did you get the title Dame Lynette de Well, it was a, a question of family. They're, like all the Irish families, there was a Huguenot family, and uh, we were in some way connected with French on my mother's side. That's how it happened. There is a lot of French blood in me. It's quite true, but it's nothing. It's not important. She thought it was very interesting, most amusing, but I was much too young to bother. <laughs> you say you go to the ballet and so on now. Is it still as, as exciting and, and magical for you to go to the ballet now, oh, or have yes, you got a bit bored oh, of yes, it? yes, of course, it's just as good. I, I can't stand these people who say, oh, it wasn't like that when I was there. Well, why should it be? But it happens to be just as good now, so what does it matter? Is there a favourite one that you like to go to particularly? or The classics, mainly, mm. because they, they belong to time, and the modern ballet is yet 
haven't entered that stage of really belonging to time. It takes a long time. Do you go to a lot of contemporary dance, or, or do you find that hard to uh, appreciate? No, I like it very much, but I don't go to it much because I, I can't go out a lot now, so I have to stick to my own part of the world. And what about modern music and so on? Is that sort of hard to understand, or, or can you take no, that in? I grew up with a lot of it. It doesn't worry me, and modern ballets are very interesting, mm. I find. Mm. What of your colleagues at the Royal Ballet and so on, do you see a lot of them socially or well I can't help seeing them I mean if you go to dress rehearsals and rehearsals and um, performances you're bound to see them all and then there are lots of little social gatherings so I'm in touch with them all all the time but the rehearsals are the most interesting things to go and see and of course to go down to the schools and see the up and coming generation what sort of things do the children at the schools now say to you how do they are you talking about White Lodge, Richmond? Particularly, yes. Well, they're educated there. It's, an, it's a school, and the ballet is one of the big subjects there. You are one of the people they learn about. Does that seem strange? I don't know. I've never asked them if they learn about me. <laughs> <laughs> but what sort of things do the children say to you when you go there? Well, not very much. They're all, you know, queued up. They're all working all the time. Mm. You don't have a social life with them. They're at school. And they're treated like any other children are at school. It's exactly the same. And the ballet is just one of the subjects. When you watch them in rehearsals and so on, does that bring back a lot of memories? Do you go a bit misty-eyed? Well, I don't have misty eyes. I'm not sentimental. Um, it brings back memories of some lovely, interesting moments, of course. But um, I don't dwell on things. I like to see what's happening now. Why aren't you sentimental? Why don't you dwell on the past a bit? Well, uh, I think it's dangerous. I mean, what's worthwhile of the past is now in the present. And all you want to see is what the past is doing for the present, not sit and cuddle it in the corner, keeping it separate from what's happening. I'm not sentimental like that. I love to see what's worthwhile in the past. So now, shut up with the present that I hardly recognise it. But it's a very emotional world, the creative world of dance. Do you find it emotional even if you're not sentimental? Emotion is a rather different word to use, and there are moments when, of course, it is very emotional for one, only provided, of course, it's been well done. I mean, there are other sort of moments when I'm afraid they're not quite so pleasing. <laughs> Does much dance today move you? Does it make you emotional? Um, well, if you're a pro, you know, your emotions are very controlled because underneath all your professionalism, underneath all your sentimentality and uh, feelings, you've got this professional vein which is calculating the value of what they're doing and how it's been done and was it worth doing. And that balances something an ordinary member of the public doesn't have to worry about so much. You have had a reputation for being quite tough. How do you feel about that? Well, tough is another word for discipline. And um, I have a funny story about discipline. When we go to these big tours, when I, when I was with them abroad and everywhere, America and so on, avalanche of invitations, and there were always one or two that were more or less state ones and that the company had got to go to them. And as they were nearly always after the performance at night, it was hard on them. So I got into the habit of putting all the invitations up on the board and putting at the bottom the following message. The company will attend the following, one, two, and three. 
which meant that all the others they could cut out if they wanted but those were very important engagements and we couldn't afford not to do it and some lady standing at the stage door in America came in and she looked at the board and she read this message and she came by and said now I know why the Royal Bandits has got such beautiful straight lines <laughs> I love it <laughs> to what extent has discipline been the key to your career would you say well, I think it's very important as long as you do it cheerfully. And, and, and they, they, you see, our, our children get it from the age of ten. They don't think anything odd about having to do what they're told. Are you still quite disciplined? Would you say disciplined with myself? Yes, in your life. Other people have to answer that question for me. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, as I say, you've kept yourself very fit and healthy, and so on. Is that through oh, yes. the discipline? No, I don't know. I think you can only be healthy at my age if you are healthy. I don't think you can take mm. any pride in it. Nothing to do with you. <laughs> as I say, you know, p- people have said that you're a very tough lady, but underneath there's a big soft centre, is there? Well, uh, y- 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 yes, uh, tough. Tough is the truth very often about things. And you have to know when you must impose the truth, that's all. As long as you're fair. Do you think that's very necessary with regard to dance particularly where Oh, yes. Dancers must be as disciplined as soldiers and sailors and so on. I um, always regard one moment in the year as one of the most beautiful choreographic displays of discipline. And that's the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace on Her Majesty's birthday. It's a thing I'd never miss. It's wonderful. And a great lesson, I think, to all dancers. Are there any other little treats that you enjoy throughout the year? Oh, lots of them, but I couldn't go into them. I I just don't remember if you asked me suddenly. Do you have many ambitions left? No, none. Why should I? What about the future of dance as you see it now? How do you see things progressing in much the same sort of way? Would you be quite happy if it did? Or, or there, is there a big revolution? Yes, yes I hope they keep standards up because they are very high now in Venigo. And I'm not talking only about England. I'm talking about generally. The dance situation is in one of its wonderful moments now. But nothing goes on the same. There will be a drop some year, sometime later on, and the drop is always universal. You'll get, you get a general drop in Europe of standards, and then we wait a little while, and up they come again. It's always to do, of course, with choreographers and teachers and people at the top who have to mould it all. Does Russia still lead the world as far as ballet is concerned? No, I don't think Russia leads the world now. Russia's very much a healthy, much-admired part of the world, but there are wonderful companies in America... Oh, no, there are lots of very, very good companies now everywhere. Russia is a continent, must remember. It's not a country. You're talking about a whole continent when you say that. It's rather like talking about Europe. We don't. We talk about France or Italy or England and so on. I'd like to ask you how you will be spending your 95th birthday. I have no idea, except, of course, I'm going to the theatre in the evening. That's all. I don't really know. How do you feel about reaching that milestone of 95? I don't think about it. Everybody else is reminding me. I don't give it any thought. Can you say how you would like to be remembered one day? No, I think you must leave it. People decide they want to remember. You can't impose your memory on them. They choose out of you what they think is worth remembering. It's nothing to do with you. Tell me about ballet critics and, and how they vary. 
Well, they naturally, the ballet critics vary as everything else varies. You, you, you can't control the situation and you mustn't let it get out of control with yourself. You, you, you've got to make up your mind, do I agree with him or don't I? Or is he right and has he lit, lit up a point there that's weak and could be improved? Or is he making a smashing mistake and we must forget he ever wrote it? That's the way we look upon them. There's no other way of looking at them. Did anybody ever say anything terrible about you in a criticism? Well, I do. I'm, they must have, I think. Why shouldn't they? If you have, everybody has things said about them are not very complimentary from time to time. But then don't take up a career like this if you're going to be fussy about that because you're expecting it. You're asking for it. So there's no point in um, overdoing the... I get upset sometimes if somebody of great talent who's young who I don't think has been appreciated, which is a natural thing, but it's very, very hard. Criticism in the theatre cannot help being personal because, after all, you go to the theatre to watch something and you either like it or you don't, quite apart from having the power to analyse it. Do you think critics today are getting more and more influential? No, I think their position has always been very much the same. It's a very important position. Everybody wants to read the critics, even if they're not going to take the slightest notice of them. They read them. (laughs) 